fuck what you heard It's what you hearing It's what you hearing Listen It's what you hearing Listen It's what you hearing Listen X gon' give it to ya Fuck wait for you to get it on your own X gon' deliver to ya Knock knock Open up the door It's real With the non-stop Welcome to this episode of Estate Agency X, Mark, Rob and Rum. For those of you that haven't heard this little mini-series before, myself, Mark Burgess, and my colleague Rob Brady just discuss things that our agents have asked us to talk about in the past. Uh, today, the weather's beautiful. We're sitting outside. Uh, we've both got a rum. And even my dog, Cooper, is here. So if you're here... Uh, a dog in the background uh, or some rustling around like you might be able to hear at the moment he's trying to climb all over me as, as things currently stand um, and that's what it that's what it is <clears throat> um, so today's episode on the last episode uh, that we did we were talking about portals and you know there's a estate agency x facebook group for those of you that uh, aren't already members in that group people were it raised a lot of discussion and debate um, and we also then started asking people, what do you want us to talk about on the next episode? Um, and the majority of people said that they would quite like us to talk about the motivation of staff, how to motivate staff, how to keep them engaged, how to really get a high-performing team. So that's what we were going to focus on today. Um, but before we do, I think, uh, Rob, you just wanted to uh, tell everybody something about uh, who this episode is sponsored by so yeah this episode is sponsored by um, Greater London Properties um, Kate and Rob uh, thanks for the uh, Kirk and Sweeney Reserva you've sent us which uh, we're drinking today um, so yeah we're sponsored by a particular <laughs> set of rum we, we, we never intended to, to uh, make these episodes sponsored but if anybody else fancies sending us a bottle of rum to test out while we make these episodes you're more than welcome um, I can tell you right now that that particular one we were sent is fantastic <clears throat> okay so where do we start with this um the way that we normally try and do these podcasts i'll ask rob a few questions he'll ask me a few questions hopefully we get some value in this for you that you can use in your everyday business so i i'd, I'd, I'd quite like to start if you don't mind rob of course um and I, i'd like to start by asking you specifically uh, because you know, I've I've been self-employed for the best part of my life now. So, from your perspective, the different places that you've worked. I know you've worked for some of the biggest banks in the world. I know you've worked in uh, some of the biggest estate agents in the country. Small independents. You've obviously worked at uh, you know our business. Um, what do you? What is? It, what have you found to be the difference in those companies and? motivation and what the bosses think motivates people and what actually motivates people and, and just generally what have you found with it I think um, it has changed in the years that I've been employed by different companies um, I think there is a, a more conscious decision now to understand the well-being of the staff and what motivates them I think uh, from a large corporate entity I think you tend to find that you're you have different motivations in place compared to maybe a smaller independent. Um, I think 
I think it's become more and more prominent now because I think people are still trying to seek a purpose from it all. Why do you go to work? Uh, especially in the last year with the pandemic, uh, there's been massive shifts in the industry, uh, even generally worldwide. I mean, I just received an li- email from LinkedIn saying they're going to have, literally now saying about uh, the greatest resignation sort of period that's going to come through. Um, and I think that comes back of a real understanding of how do you motivate your staff, what's your purpose, why do they come and work for you 35, 40 hours minimum a week, and then why do you find there's some people in there actually that are doing 70, 80 hours a week? Mm. And from your experience, is there anything that you've noticed along the way as to why some people just seem more motivated than others? Um, I think, I think uh, having done a lot of research into it, I do think that it takes a certain individual who's got grit that wants to push themselves forward. I think that comes down to uh, various factors of how they're influenced by their family, their people around them, how they see themselves, whether they're in their own lane or in they want to be in other people's lanes. Um, I think you have to align it with a purpose. I mean, when, not, when I was back in agency, we always had the purpose in place. This is where we want to go. This is why we're going to achieve it. So when people question the why, we always had that vision towards where we needed to achieve and drive it forward. Whereas if you're just saying like every day to sell some houses, there's not there's not a greater sense of being for an individual to spend eight hours a day, pretty much the whole life, on a day like this, stuck in maybe an office when they should be out in the sunshine, mm. uh, with no actual sense of purpose. And every person needs a purpose. I mean, coming to work for you guys and being here, I mean, the purpose is a huge part to it. Hence why probably where I am right now with it all. Um, and why I can probably have that experience and that element to seeing loads of different spectrums of it all, not just working from one estate and see to the next. So, but there's not many people out there that would think, oh yeah, I'm a lazy fucker, uh, you know, I'm not motivated, I, I, you know, can't be bothered. But yet, there are a lot of employers that feel that about their staff. Mm. So the staff don't think that they're uh, lazy, useless, no common sense or any of that sort of thing. And no doubt they will at some point find a job where it fires them up and they do great work. Mm. But the employer thinks, oh, it's hard to find the right staff. So... What's going wrong there from the employer to the employee? I think, first part, the employee does need to recognise whether they are a fixed per- mindset person or growth mindset person. We talk about it, I talked about it in the Innovation and Growth Programme. Um, employees might feel that they're achieving, uh, they're going in some direction, but they could just be doing the same thing over and over again which then means that they get stuck in a, my employer should be doing more for me, where really they should be working out where they want to grow to and whether that employer is either with them on that journey or they supersede that employer. Mm. From the employer's part, I think there needs to be an understanding of like uh, responsibility as you as the owner of the business, that if like your staff aren't happy, like why aren't they happy? It's, it's your problem to deal with that. But there is obviously a part to saying, like, I can only give you the tools, but there still needs to be the first step from you as a staff member. Yeah. Um, and I think having those open conversations, I think there's a lot of maybe talk around 
what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, but understanding the outside and factors of why you come to work every day and unlocking those goals. I mean, we were only talking about this last night. Um, having an employer that you can have that conversation with gives you a better sense like, okay, well, I'll, I need to achieve this. And then you can work in partnership and tandem with it. Okay, so that's from an employee's point of view. Do you have any any questions around it for me around from a... That, sorry, that was it from an employee's point of view. From an employer's point of view, have you got any questions that you might ask that I might be able to help with? I think um, you, you. I know you've gone down on a journey because of you being an entrepreneur for for what two decades, over two decades now, and you've always explained to me and been very open with us about like the job the companies you've had, the staff you've worked with, and actually the mistakes that probably you've made in the past. Mm and you, what you've learnt to build iceberg into what it is today. Um, so it'd be quite nice to know from anyone out there who's trying to go through that, that difficult process of trying to motivate staff, understanding whether the staff are right for them, etc. Like, what was your fundamental changes in how that transition happened? Because I, I see, you know, some estate agencies out there that have been 30, 40 years, some of them still, they're still stuck in that same environment, and yeah. I, but I want to get out of it. So I was quite lucky. I, I uh met this lady once who had spent um, about 27 years building systems in McDonald's and uh, we got to know each other quite well and this was back, you know, quite a long time ago um, and at the time I was in the usual kind of situation of a lot of employ small businesses whereby, you know, staff, good staff are hard to find. Why can't I just find people who can do this job? You know, I seem to be able to do everything but everyone else doesn't even seem to be able to do a tenth of that without asking questions. And uh, I mentioned it to her, and she said, oh, yeah, it's really interesting. And she said, you know, McDonald's have got, whatever it is, a thousand restaurants around the world, and they're all staffed by teenagers who can't even tidy their own bedroom, and it, hot, it runs like a machine. Like, how do you think they do that? And I just stopped for a minute and thought, how the fuck do they do that? And we spoke, and... First of all, a lot of it comes down to your processes. Mm. Like, for most small businesses, what I found was that I'd started a business out of my bedroom and I'd do anything required. You know, obviously, I was the only employee. I'd do the sales, I'd do the admin, I'd do the accounts, I'd do send the proposals, I'd chase up, I'd do the deals, I'd send the contracts. And I'd just do it the way that I could, the only way I could manage. Mm. <clears throat> and then when I got a bit of money coming in, it was like, oh, I could get a little bit of help here. And I hired someone on a relatively low salary who didn't really bring anything to the table other than uh, they were going to help with manpower. Um, sorry if you can hear a car in the background, it's going away now. Um, and my training for them was just, this is how you do it. Like basically the way that I'd been doing it. Yeah. And they were young and inexperienced and they said, oh okay, that's the way I do it. So they didn't really have much confidence, they just were a bit worried about doing it wrong. And I had to keep constantly going back and checking, have you done that? Have you done it that way? No, remember you don't do that, remember you do this and this and this and then you press that button. Yeah. And, they, and they'd, they, it would make them even a little bit more anxious about doing it wrong. So that just encouraged the idea that they would ask me every single fucking question under the sun. And then I'd get another employee and I'd give them another part of the process that I'd been doing and train them the same way until eventually I had, I don't know, let's just say 10 employees, but they were basically just extensions of my hands. They didn't think for themselves. They were too scared 
in case they did it differently to the way that I'd set it up. And I found myself in a situation whereby I'm looking around thinking, fuck me, I could do this better myself. I just haven't got the time. What's wrong with you guys? And when I spoke to that lady that I mentioned before, she made me realize there's no there's no processes in your company. Those people are not to blame. You've told them how you did it, given them no authority to improve the system, made them feel very nervous about screwing it up. Mm. And you created that environment. So you need to now take a bit of time and think about an actual process, document that process. Uh, she she told us to get everyone in the company to write two how-to guides every single month. It doesn't matter how minute the uh, the process is, how to lock up at night, the process of how we do it. Underneath that, why we do it this way, and if they while they're right while they're writing the why we do it this way, they think this is silly. They've they've got carte blanche to come and say to you, I think maybe we could do this better. This is a bit of a silly process. So. Two, two how-to guides every month. If you've got 10 employees, that's 20 how-to guides that are being written in your company every month. Yeah. Over the course of a quarter, that's 60 how-to guides. You're never going to need to explain to somebody again how to lock up at night, how to upload a property to right move, how to book a viewing, mm. how to book a valuation. All of these processes start forming and then they start getting documented and they start getting put into help guides and you start analysing whether, actually, why are we doing it like this? It's just a carryover from once upon a time when I used to be doing this all myself. Yeah. And then, after that, you suddenly start to get to the stage where you realise, you know what, I should just be letting these people decide. Do you find um, there's a... the easy route is I need to delegate more because I'm, as an owner, that's what I've been told, I need to start doing that. But the fundamental flaw behind it is they haven't sorted out the systems and processes before they start delegating their staff to do that. Possibly. Or the and, understanding and of each process. Possibly that, and possibly the confidence where they think, oh, this person, bloody, they, they can't even get to work on time, I'm not letting them make my systems. But they have to, you have to start realising the two things are not linked. The fact that someone can't get to work on time is an indication, if it bothers you, that they're not right for your company. Yeah. And that's why they're not going to be able to make the systems and processes because they're not right for your company. But if you've got somebody in your business who does all your valuations, but they're doing your valuations the way that you're telling them to do the valuations, give them the freedom to recreate that entire process and judge them based on whether they can recreate that entire process. So go to that person and say, listen, I want you to own this side of the business. What's wrong with our process and how could we improve it? How, the way that we book the valuation for you, the way that we confirm it, the way that you turn up, the presentation you do, the follow-up we do and the conversion. Rethink the whole thing yourself, plan it out, implement it and let's see how that goes. And if that person can do that, then they're great for your business, they can stay, they can do it. If after six months they still haven't figured all that stuff out, Maybe you need a different person in your company. Do you know really interesting? When I used to work for, see, I can't name names, but one of the largest banks in the world. When I was in a branch, I took that from, what, 360 branches, I took from seven bottom to sixth top in a year. Mm. And when I was still having my reviews about how I was doing those processes, they're obviously all legal and actually were probably better. And what was crazy is, like, 
the demoralising side to it, all of it, was that I was getting told I was doing it the wrong way. Despite <laughs> the bank getting the better. Banking, bank, the customer experiencing getting better because they're pulling money from other banks. And obviously they're making more money because we were, we've completely revolute, smashed it to the top within a year. But I was still getting told, like, how your process works, Rob. Yeah. It's great, but this is how we do the process. Yeah. And it's like, well... I mean, like, I... I've got a bit of sympathy for them, but I can see where the problem is because uh, when I was employed, after I was in a state agency, I went to do IT recruitment in the city, uh, in the dot-com boom, and there was so much money to be made. Literally every company in the on the planet wanted to build their own website and wanted to employ a full-time web developer to do it. There wasn't any... WordPress sites or anything like that. The only option at the time was, oh my god, I need to employ a full-time web developer. So it was there was so much money to be made. Um, now we, I worked in this environment which was like a trading floor environment. There were probably a hundred people in there, 100, 150 people on this trading floor. Big screen at the front of the office showing how many calls you'd made, how many emails you'd sent, and two floor managers that sort of walked around motivating people, telling them to get on the phones and all of that sort of stuff. Not really my style at all. Mm. Um, I got there, did that for a day, and thought, this is bullshit. Like, I'm just going to see if I can get myself a contract with one of the big companies, like Microsoft. And they were like, don't be stupid. Just carry on phoning all these little companies we've got a database of, because you can get through to them, you can do a deal today, send them a web designer, make, you can make a two grand fee. Anyway, <clears throat> I, being me, decided to do it my own way, and I did manage to get on the preferred supplier list of NEC, Sony, and Microsoft. And what happened was um, I started breaking all their systems because I'd come into work and I'd have an email from one of those three big companies saying, yeah, we need seven PHP developers. We're willing to pay 50 to 80 grand for them. I'd do a quick CV search. I'd send them over 25 CVs. They'd say, yeah, we'll interview these 15 people. They'd hire 10 of them. They'd pay seven grand fee. I'd make 70 grand in a day for the company. And next on the leaderboard was somebody who'd made 15 grand in the month um, and then we'd get to the end of the day and their leaderboard would say Mark made four calls today and <laughs> sent three emails and they'd pull me in the office and go you're, you're fucking up our systems yeah. we realise what you've done and that's very clever and very smart but it's not going to work for everybody so you need to start making more phone calls or you're going to get fired and I'd thought to myself this is mad what do you mean I'm going to get fired I I'm making 10 times the money of anybody else. And eventually I just thought, you know what, I might as well just leave because I'm the one who's got the contracts with Microsoft and Sony and NEC. I might as well just send these CVs from my bed, um, which I did. But um, what was wrong there with the company, I've got sympathy with them. They'd made the process so that they could hire anyone. You make 100 phone calls, you send 100 emails, you make this much money, the company works. If you send four emails and make four phone calls, the company doesn't work. However, they should have been investigating, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah. What did you do there? I was already thinking, even though I didn't realise it at the time, about building a relationship with somebody. Now, it wasn't easy to get those contracts with those four companies. I had to wiggle my way in. I had to try and build some relationships. I had to get them to know, like, and trust me in some way. I had to take one of them out for you know, a drink and make up that my brother was working in one of the companies and all of that sort of stuff but either way somehow there was a process that they could have investigated 
Um, instead, they immediately wanted to shut it down. So I understand their perspective. I haven't got time to be figuring that shit out, Mark. We've got a formula that works. Mm. But on the flip side, I've found a better process. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe everyone should spend even a bit of their day trying to do this process as well. So I think it comes back down to, do you just want people, bodies, do you just want bodies to follow a process that you made up? Yeah. Or are you open to the idea that these people could reinvent the system? Now, most most bosses would say, oh, no, of course, if they've got a better way. But they don't create an environment whereby people feel like they can create a better way without getting in trouble. And do you think, did you think, um, I don't, I obviously don't think, me personally, I've said to you in the past, money is an all deciding factor, but people still need to live within reason. And do you think that um, so there's some relation in regards to, my staff aren't motivated enough, but what I expect them to do is a £100,000 job for a 25 grand salary? I don't think that money motivates people. Yeah. I know that that might sound mad, of course, everyone needs an acceptable level of income to be able to live their life, mm. whatever level of life they decide to choose to live. But I don't believe that commission, for instance, is an incentive to get somebody to do a great job. Yeah. Um, you know, people say, like, come on, you know, if you do this well, you could be earning 100 grand this year. That doesn't actually make somebody do it well. Mm. Um, I went through this experience with my kids that you probably remember. Like I'd done an, a little experiment um, whereby I thought to myself, I was trying to get my kids to do more stuff around the house. And my, my dog's back, just in case you, you hear him clambering about. I was trying to get my kids to do more stuff around the house. At the time, I think Fraser, my son, was probably 10, maybe 11. So Grace, my daughter, would have been about 8. <clears throat> And I started off the normal kind of way. Okay, you know, if I give you five quid pocket money every week, you guys have got to do this. You've got to tidy your bedrooms, do your bed, take the rubbish down for me. It started off week one. Well, we get a five five quid for that? Yeah, yeah, we're up for it. Uh, week two was kind of like, come on, otherwise you're not going to get your five quid. Week three, they were uninterested, like, you're going to have to up the price. Yeah. <laughs> um... And they just started to see it as, oh, I can't even be bothered now. Yeah. And then I started to think about it and think, kind of commission kind of works the same. When you say to somebody, you could earn £100,000 a year, and they have a good month, and they earn pro rata of the £100,000 a year, the next month when they don't, they feel like they're working for nothing. Mm. Um, so I started reading about it and looking into it. Uh, I don't know what my dog's doing, but you probably can hear him licking something in the background eating some, some, something off from behind the floor um, but I started looking into it what motivates people and I started thinking to myself you know what it's funny because if I say to my kids in the morning uh, who's going to be first to brush their teeth suddenly they're up and they run and almost fight there's no gift there's no five pound at the end of it and there's something in the human brain that just wants to win a race yeah. or win a competition in some way I started thinking back to when I was an agent and we used to have these uh, charts where um, you could see who was the top salesman in the area. And at the end of the, I think it was at the end of the quarter, the top salesman got this, I think it was like a, a, an MG or something like that to drive around in. And it wasn't the MG that was the motivating factor. It, it was, was being on top of the list. The yeah. MG was just a way of saying, I'm top of the list. Yeah. 
Um, so I started, I put together this little uh, mini application based on points. I said to my kids, listen, if you do the dishwasher, if you unload the dishwasher in the mornings, you get 50 points. If you tidy your room on a Saturday, you get 75 points. And if you take the rubbish out, you get 150 points. And suddenly, they started doing everything. They were like, how many points for making, how many points if I make you a cup of tea? They're like, uh, I don't know, it didn't matter to me because it's not a monetary value, so I could just make it up, 25 yeah. points. And they'd either go, oh, it's not worth it. Or, oh, 25 points, all right, do you want a cup of tea? They started doing loads and loads and loads of stuff for no reward other than to be have more points than the other one. Yeah. I kept a little track of it. They, would do, they were doing loads of stuff. Now, I got bored of the experiment. In order to keep them interesting, I would have had, had to have kept making up new tasks and new games and levels and badges and all of that sort of stuff. But it was an interesting experiment that showed me your staff need to know... Sorry if you can hear my... my someone someone doing something in the background but um, your staff need to know what the rules of the game are if the rules of the game is sell and let as many houses as you can there's no way of winning that game mm. you're going to get depressed at some point and go oh, what else like the rules of the game need to be clear for you to feel like you've achieved something yeah what is it you know what are you trying to do you're trying to get our clients to go through this innovation program when they do, how good do you feel? Yeah, awesome. And when the client turns around and says to you like, oh my God, you've made such a difference to me, and they get their award, and their business in reinvented, that's what fires you up. Yeah. Now, I could say to you, oh, and you get a bit of money if they do that, well, that'd be nice. Yeah. But it wouldn't make any difference as to whether you wanted to actually do the job or not. Yeah, because I think, I think, again, it comes that comes back down to really understanding what every, every single member of your staff is motivated by. Actually, really having some some elements of like some metrics tests or whatever it might be in your company that you go right this individual person is this type of character yeah this is their personality traits this is what motivates them what their goals in life yeah what are their goals in life even how you communicate with them like uh, not going too much off topic if you look into something like a relationship building between couples you have five types of love languages some of you, a couple might find that one of their partners prefers gifts over being praised. One prefers praising, one prefers time. And if you look at that even in just the basic form of your staff environment, like you might, one staff might actually like the fact that you praise them more yeah. than the fact of them getting commission because they feel more valued in that aspect to it. Yep. And if you don't understand that part to it, you're going to come in and you're going to be trying to give someone gifts and they actually don't like gifts. They actually want you to feel like you're spending time with them and you're developing and. I think everybody wants that in a way. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. When I said at the start, money's not a motivating factor. Of course, you know, everybody needs to live. Mm. You know, no one wants to feel like they don't know whether they're going to be able to make it through the month. They can't pay their bills and all of that sort of thing. So forgetting the idea that you're paying somebody below, you know, what is acceptable. You're paying people a fair wage for the job that they're doing, if not above average. Mm. After that... You can't really motivate people by saying, I'll give you a bit extra if you do a good job, because they should be doing a good job anyway. Yeah. Like they should enjoy coming to work and be doing a good job. And if they need to earn more money because they can't afford to live, then you and that member of staff need to have a conversation about whether that's realistic, yeah. whether you can afford to do it, whether they're worth it. And it's nothing to do with whether they're doing more sales. The company's either working or it isn't working. It's not yeah. reliant on whether that person suddenly waves a magic wand and does five sales. 
you know um, and that member of staff must be realistic as well you as a business owner are the one that's taken all the risk you set up the company you went on this path to either success or bankruptcy or whatever it was going to be how many sales the company does is almost irrelevant mm. you know whether you like your job whether you're getting paid what you feel is the right amount of money for it is well I might be biased because I own a business but I feel like it's almost irrelevant you know I just because I've either got a company... If I had a company that was losing money every month, does that mean everybody shouldn't be getting paid? Yeah. If I've got a company that makes a million pound a month, what, why does everybody suddenly get more? more yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's a weird one, because I've been, I've been in environments where you've got, like... Uh, if we pay this, you might find that you're going to stop. But then I've been thinking, like, as an employee, you've been thinking, like, well, the last five years, I've been paid less than I probably should have and I've achieved greater than what you thought I would achieve. So why was a sudden I'm going to stop that and what, what, understand the fact, deciding factors of what motivated me during that period of time? Yeah. Um, but equally at the same time, I mean, if you look at if you look at me now, like I'm first time ever I'm out of sales hmm. in a whole working life. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't uh, I've I've recognised, but you've recognised as an employer what motivates me and what drives me by my goals, and it's not doing a sale or that part to it is actually helping people yeah um, and you know really when you look at it estate agency as well most of them we talk about we're here to help people move and give them the greatest experience and blah 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 etc but you can at the same time we're targeting on how many sales we can do each month I think most estate agents that I know immediately first thing is like what salary are we going to offer how much commission we're going to get if we don't offer this then we're never going to attract anybody yeah it's just it's, you forget that for a minute what type of person are you trying to attract? What do you want that person to do? Yeah. You know, oh, well, I don't know. I was thinking that they would do sales progression. Okay. So you need somebody that's compassionate about helping people move and wants to help people, probably needs going to need to go over and above, is going to need to be happy communicating with people. So you need to find a communicator out there. Maybe that person's previously worked something completely different to a state agency, whereby they're used to holding together projects. Maybe that it, maybe it's a maybe it's a lady who previously worked in the city for a big uh, investment bank, holding together projects that then left and had a ch- child, and now finds herself in a situation whereby she can't really go back to her old job, but she's almost been sort of she's disregarded. Mm. And you could find you could get yourself somebody that's out of your league, on a part-time basis that would just totally take your sales progression to a whole other level. She doesn't need commission over it; she just needs to get paid good salary respect what it is that she needs out of life around her child and her childcare and what her goals are maybe she's not looking for huge career progression but maybe she's looking to just feel like a valued member of a team again and get some time away from being mum and be, be herself again and she'll be motivated Yeah, we don't, we don't need to motivate her by saying and we'll give you an extra 10 quid every time you get a sow through it doesn't make any difference to no. her no. Um, so I think you know I mean, there is a problem with wages in a state agency. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. The, but, like, you know, people's... The, the basics that I hear are just in, insulting. They're outrageous. I guess, you know, it makes sense because you don't need any formal qualifications to go into a state agency. So, you know, if I'm hiring a, a school leaver who's got no particular prospects and no particular qualifications, then, you know, why do I need to pay a, a high salary? But... And that's fair enough if you want to hire an apprentice. I think my dog's about to go mad in the background. Um, 
that's fair enough if you want to hire an apprentice but if you want a decent customer experience and you want good people working with good common sense just pay them a good salary mm. if you can't afford to pay a good salary put your fees up Yeah. if you can't afford to put your fees up then don't offer a good service and offer a, a cheap service I mean you can't have it all can you you can't say well we can't afford to put our fees up so we've got to hire employ really really low level people but we give a great service it's like well it's like, I mean don't. if you look at it it's like we're going to charge someone three and a half thousand pound to, to sell a house but we're going to pay someone fifty hundred quid to deliver the experience around that, yeah. and that person's got to take the full control from it. From most of the time, it's from viewing all the way to, through to offer to negotiating mm. all the way through to completion, and you're supposed to expect that that person's going to be excited about that when it comes through. I think, um, like most companies, they look in, they look at the actual job as to how to motivate. So, if you're a sales progressor. What's the target? Hit the target. We'll give you a bit of commission. That should yeah. be motivation enough. It doesn't work. You'll just go through endless members of staff that are constantly out there looking for something with meaning in their life. Like, I know that might sound a bit hippified, but it's boring. Mm. It's fucking boring. There's no goal. There's no game to win. Like, oh, I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to get you know 20 sales through this month. I'm only on 19, but hopefully I'll get the 20th. Like, woohoo! I've been, I mean, don't like. I've been in environments where you've had like, motivation is, you've got a job, and that's just it's a dangerous environment to be within, um, because it's like the staff. I don't know. It's, how does it make the staff feel? It doesn't. It doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? As an employer, yes, you can sit there and you can think about, well, I'm paying all these bills and I wish I was earning more money as well but you should be thankful you've got a job it doesn't work no. so it doesn't matter if you think that it's not going to work it's not going to be constructive for you to think about things like well they should just be thankful they've got a job you can carry on thinking that way as an employer it's not going to help you Yeah. so you might as well just not think like that because it isn't going to motivate anyone by saying you should be thankful you've got a job it's bollocks. But even from the like uh, neuroscience part to it, dopamine hits. The brain learns from dopamine hits. So you're always going to be a struggle, but it's just based around gifts. So if you earn £10, £10, the brain accepts that £10 and it gets used to that little injection yeah. of dopamine. And then it's going to be expected, like, what does a £20 gift uh, feeling like that? What does a £100 feeling mm. like? So that's the reason why you're always going to be in that battle with it. So you have to understand, like, uh, the identity of your staff member and what ticks them inside and outside of work. Yeah. Like, can the can the salary they're earning give them the stuff that outside of work make, makes them more happy, so that they're not reliant on just the the workplace to be the place where they come to be happy. You know, they're outside of work and they're doing goals and achievements and things that actually make them really enjoy life because it's funded by a part of their salary. They're going to come back come to work and like you know going back to the element side to it. Uh, cortisol is dropped like they're happier they can think better like brain studies show that staff members struggle under stressful situations because mm -hmm. the front part of their brain can't think because they're the levels are too flight. high yeah. and they're in fight or flight mode so you're if you're having got that part in place with it or you're in a stressful environment or anything like that part to it you can't expect physically your staff on a on a neuroscience level to perform in their duties and to be motivated within their role without understanding what makes them tick. So as an estate agent listening to this, who's going, yeah, 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 that's, that all makes sense, but 
so what do I do then? Mm. Um, I think probably an interest, an interesting uh, analogy, or not really an analogy, it's more just a story. I bought a new car recently, because I was going to say, you know, why not make it about happiness ratings? Yeah. You know, what we're really trying to do is change the way that people experience moving house. So that's our jobs. Uh, putting a valuation on a house, it's, it's reasonably mathematical process. It's not, there's not really much involved in that in terms of an estate agent. Um, there's, uh, don't get me wrong, I know that, you know, oh, I could get you more and blah, 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 but it's relatively mathematical when it comes to whether it will value up or not. Um, and the process of getting people through the shit that it is of moving house is where an estate agent really comes into their own. So happiness ratings. But I, I bought a new car recently and the whole process was pretty crap from start to finish. And then on the day I picked up the car, I went there and uh, he walked me around this, walked me around the showroom to this car that was covered in a sheet. And uh, he, he sort of said, get your phone ready, you know, you're ready. And he pressed the button and this little winch wound off the sheet and revealed the car. And he was like, hey, hey, you know, what'd you think of that? And he was like, yeah, it was awesome, great. You know, nice video for, you know, to put on social or whatever you want to do with it, I guess. Um, and then, you know, he said, I'll drive it out for you. And he met me around the front. And then in almost an apologetic kind of jokey way, he was like, okay, so I know you probably hate me and blah, 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 blah. But you're going to get an email from Porsche uh, head office. And, you know, uh, I'd really appreciate it if... Uh, you and I both know, you know, he, he didn't mean it, but he was kind of joking in a serious way that, you know, things go wrong and blah, blah, blah. But if you could uh, give me five stars on that, that'd be much appreciated because, you know, targets are so high these days, uh, hitting the post is just not good enough. And, and I was like, all oh, right, OK, yeah, whatever. And I just drove away and thought to myself, like, you've lost the whole concept of what they brought that in for. The company brought in a happiness rating. And you guys are still delivering a completely shit service. The customer experience was pretty awful. And at the end, the guy joked around with me and said, please give me a five-star review. And most people probably feel obliged to do that just because he'd done that last little bit at the end where he actually said it and they think, oh, he's going he's gonna to notice that I didn't. Um, so it's pointless. But as a company, actually make something of that yeah. and give a shit yeah. about your happiness rating and think about how you could improve it yeah don't just get to the end and say like we did some work with a massive house builder once who their salespeople gave people a mug and a and a some other gift along with a card saying please leave us a review in order to try to make it five stars like it's a bit late isn't it why don't yeah. you actually try to deliver a five star service why don't you actually think about or get your staff to think about what does a five star service look like let's go beyond that what does a seven star service look like mm. how do we make that put it on your staff once upon a time as an employer when I was living in that world whereby my staff were just my hands I felt like I had to have the answer for everything Yeah. people would turn around and go oh, oh Mark what do I do in this situation I'd go oh let me have a look at it I'll, just send it to me I'll deal with it that would be my general response I had to have the answer to everything and I was the one who dealt with all problems. And you'll know, now, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. You figure it out. I, I don't 
coach our clients. When if you was to say to me, I've got this problem, you know, I can't seem to get clients to complete this part of the coaching program. How do I solve that? Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. But it's for you to solve. Yeah. Not for me to solve. Like you're the you're the elite performance coach. But I think that's recognising having worked uh you know, a period now a period of time with you guys. I think I've recognised that you as the leader to understand um, to recognise the resp- roles and responsibilities and what your duty is as much as your staff is and also ownership saying right you know you, that's what you control and I'm going to allow you to just do that and get on with it as long as you're doing it and it working well you figure out the process I'm here to support you when you require it whereas rather than being like you're going to be doing that but I'm still going to control you over the top of it and then you feel like you've always got that on, the, on your back and then there's no two-way thing going backwards yeah. and rather than it being a support role it's almost like a you feel you're, like it's you're my hands yeah you're, you're my hands <laughs> and then I'm going to have a go at you yeah. for doing it wrong and I mean I gave you a prime example going a bit off topic a couple of weeks ago I went out to help my brother fit out his shop he's, he's a sort of person that likes that sort of side to it all yeah. and he was telling me right I've come up to help me bro you need to help me out for a few days I really need to get the shop going and he said, right, I said, what's my task? He said, right, you need to do this, 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 and this. And as I started doing the first job, he was over my shoulder saying, oh, well, I wouldn't do this and that. I was like, I literally just said to him, am I your hands whilst you're just talking? Am I like another puppy of yours now? Yeah. If not, go and bugger off and do your job. Um, I've, I've got a great story about that that I've told quite a few people. Many people listening to this might have heard it before, but um, my wife, Hayley, you know, she was very high up in the city, assistant head of global corporate for, you know, big investment banks. And, uh, you know, she went through that process of having children and then, you know, almost kind of losing her identity, if you like. She came to work at Iceberg. So we've got this person working for us who is far too qualified to work for this small startup business. Um, And um, so anyway, she came in and she she worked as in operations, making sure that stuff gets gets done. One day I gave her this project to work on. I can't even remember what it was. And a few weeks later, I'd completely forgotten about it. I suddenly dawned on me, like, oh, what happened to that project? And I turned around to her. She was sitting next to me at the time. I turned around to her at work and said, what happened to that project? Did you did you do that? And she was like, yeah, I did it. And I was like, oh, uh, okay, you, you never showed me. You never told me. Can I have a look at it? And she was like, yeah, all right. And she like got out the details, showed me, and I kind of went through it page by page or whatever it was and inside was thinking oh god I, you know I, I just wouldn't do it like this and I said to her like yeah I, I wouldn't I don't know if I'd do it like this she was like no well why don't you fucking do it yourself then yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I was like oh no no I don't want to yeah. do that and it was I think it was around then that it kind of dawned on me well that's probably what all my staff think they can't say it because I'm not married to them yeah. but if I, if you're gonna if I'm gonna give if I'm gonna employ someone as a graphic designer I say to somebody make me a nice looking brochure and uh, they design it, and I go, oh, uh, maybe change that to blue and that to green. And I get it, if it's completely wrong, mm. you, you could say, oh, I wanted the photo as a bit bigger than that. Um, but when you start getting into the minutes of it, who's the fucking designer? Yeah. Like, why have you employed a graphic designer? Surely I have to let this person run with it, look at the results. If the results are crap, then I can turn around and say, I don't think you really know what you're doing. Are you planning on 
remaking this process mm. or is this it now um, but if I employ you know Kelly Jacobs is our head of customer experience she does an awesome job but if I told her how to run the customer experience obviously we have conversations around it but ultimately she runs the customer experience our customers are happy mm. not everything she does is how I would do it but why would I give a shit yeah like she runs customer experience if all of our customers were unhappy I'd need to sit down with Kelly and say what are, are you, yeah. what are we doing about this? What's the processes? And if she happening? can't figure it out, then I'll have to get somebody else to do it. Yeah. But why would I need to get involved? Yeah. But but most businesses are just, this is how we're going to do valuations. Like, you're going to do all the valuations, but make sure you do them like this. Yeah. And then they come back, conversion rates are too low. Right, oh, you're, 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 you're crap. Going to have to fire you if you don't get your conversion rate up. But you haven't let them do anything yet. Like, you're not even, what are you judging them on? Yeah. Some process that you made up that they're now doing. Just let them let them figure it out. Yeah. Why is it going wrong? Now, if they come back to you and say, "Oh, our fees are too high," okay, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go. Oh, right. Well, then we're going to have to cut our fees in half. You, as a business owner, can say, "Well, dropping our fees isn't an issue." So, how do you think that we could justify a higher fee? What is the objections you're getting? Mm. Oh, well, it's just the objection that someone's charging 500 quid. Okay, but why are people not seeing the value in what we do? Because we're nothing like that company that charges 500 quid. Yeah. What we're missing here somewhere. So I think you just, you know, you need to surround yourself with people that feel the passion to do something, not just earn commission. I mean, it's, it's quite interesting. Even when you look at, um, I mean, I've learned, I learned a lot from you in the last, what, four years since we met at the Estas. And going, and you've you've you mentored me in this, and I saw that change within our company, um, especially around property management, where there was no commission based at all, uh, and that was a really interesting part because you, you're not incentivising anyone for any money, um, but people would still turn up and do probably one of the shittest jobs in the state and see. You turn up and all you get done is you get told off, and people are angry at you. And landlords aren't happy with you, and tenants aren't happy yeah. with you, and you do that day in, day out, it's hard. and still define motivation around that. And going down that process of understanding like what sets people's goals, and also understand the identity, like what do you represent? What's your achievements? What what are you trying to solve as a business? Helps the staff align with actually when they come to work, what their little mini goals are. Yeah, I mean we aligned ours to um, actual meaningful awards based on what customers say about us, yeah. but, but privately done. Not like you've had experience and you're going to get one from thing. you can just yeah. complete it out. It just doesn't happen, element to it. So off the back of that, we had staff understand that they were delivering a better, they needed to deliver a better customer experience. Our Google ratings went up. Yeah. You know, staff left because they didn't want to be a part of that. Yeah. We got recruited new staff with a similar mindset. But back off what you were saying, what you said to me in the past as well before, we identified what our purpose was, what our core values were, why that staff then represented it then we were able to identify the type of people that worked for us where those people worked in sectors and we went from being like you know two out of five stars to then being at four and a half out of five stars and winning multiple awards around our service mm. but there was no there was never any change in financial part to it it was more about unlocking the true purpose of why people wanted to come to work what the rules of the game are yeah exactly most people when they join a company the rules of the game are the more you sell the more you earn yeah so then they're left in this situation whereby if they don't sell loads um, they feel like they're not earning what they should be earning. If they do sell loads, they probably feel like, you should probably be paying me more because yeah. I am selling loads. 
you know, and it, there's no way of winning that game. No. It's it's an endless cycle of one day you're going to be depressed. And also, it's just a it's. I mean, from a, from a from a, a point of a human being wanting to feel like they are stable in their life, you know, we know how the housing market works. And if you're constantly just basing it purely on that basis, like they're going to feel unstable because some months are going to have amazing months and then it's going to drop yep. off, and then some months are going to do that, and they're, so they're going to be constantly up and down. If you can be it. transparent with your staff, like. I don't. I don't think people have to worry about. Oh yeah, but what if I give high basics and then we don't do any sales for six months? It's like, well, then you won't be able to afford to pay them, yeah. and you'll have to let them go or renegotiate what they get paid. Yeah. You're never going to get yourself in a situation whereby, oh my god, like I've got to pay this person fifty grand a year and I can't afford it. Well, then you won't be able to pay them, will you? They yeah. won't be able to work there. But that doesn't change the fact that they need fifty grand a year to live, and you you have to be able to afford to pay them 50 grand in order to employ them if you can't then they yeah they won't be able to work there yeah but that's just life that's that wouldn't change <laughs> even if they were on commission suddenly now they're only earning 25 grand because no sales are coming in they're not going to be happy yeah. they're going to leave yeah so um i think that that kind of hopefully that gives people some uh help around the motivation of staff um it's a it's a reasonably... I think you just... You shouldn't overthink these things. Think of yourself mm. as a as an owner of a business. What motivates you to get up in the morning? Oh, why can't everybody feel like that? Well, they don't feel like that because you don't make them feel like they have any ownership over anything. They're, they're a pawn in your game. Mm. And you shout at them and you tell them off and you say, if you do better, you'll earn more money. And they think to themselves, well, I do a good job for you anyway. I'm trying my best. So I appreciate the fact that they're trying their best. They get out of fucking bed in the morning. That's trying their best. Mm. They get to work on time. They they speak to clients. Now, if they don't do it in the right way, that's on you. You haven't put the procedures and processes in place. Or you haven't sat with them and made the procedures or processes. Or you haven't given them the uh, empowerment to make the processes themselves. Mm. If you feel like nobody answers the phone the right way, pick someone out who's going to be in charge of office management and say, I don't think we answered the phone the right way. Can you do a bit of research around it? Maybe watch a few YouTube videos, read a few books, and see if you can implement something in this company whereby you know, we all start answering the phone in a uniform manner. And then just sit back and watch it happen. Mm. If they say no, or they can't be bothered, or they're too busy, probably not the right person for your company. Mm. And then, as you say, like as the, as the change takes place, as you start employing people and they know they're the rules of the game, you actually employ somebody and tell them that, yeah. you'll end up with a dream team. Yeah. People that came in feeling like, yeah, I love this company because I really own this section of the business. Like, you completely own our elite performance coaching. Mm. You want to change the process? We'll change the process. You want to put a new part of it? We'll put a new part in it. You want to employ somebody? We'll employ somebody. Mm. Like, I don't... I, I think, as the business owner, we should have elite performance coaching. I think agents need a helping hand in terms of going through digital transformation. I'm not going to do it. I haven't got time. Mm. So I've got somebody who's better at it than I would be. Mm. And now you're going to run it. And if it works, brilliant. And if it doesn't, you're going to have to tweak it or I'll have to find somebody else to do it. I, I do <laughs> think, like, you're, you're right in what you're saying. I think I do think um, when you go through that motivational part and understand you, what you need to understand to motivate your staff, and you, there is, you've got to understand there's going to be an uncomfortable transition that you go mm. through as a business. No different than if Where you, you go change to, the rules. Yeah, when you go to the gym, you go, right, I want to lose a lot of weight, I want to get fit, I want to get healthy. There's going to be the uncomfortable part for God knows how many months where you're going to be hating it 
but then there's going to be a point where you see a little improvement and then then a spark happens and then you look back and people think oh how did you do that but you've got to accept that there's it's not going to be like I'm going to do all these processes everyone's going to change their mindset yeah, everyone's going, going to, to love happy. it yeah like some people are not going to love it there's going to be some people that have worked with you for five ten years that you feel personally attached to yeah that are not going to like it and you're going to think to yourself I can't just fire Bob or Sue I've worked with them for 10 years like but flip it around like you don't have to fire them you have to explain to them why the company's going in this direction and that you'd love them to come on the journey with you and these are going to be the new rules and they and and so can you help me implement this in the company if the person blatantly says no then oh okay what we're going to do then or if the person says, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, I'll give it a go. I'm not convinced. Every quarter, how are you getting on with that? And, oh, you haven't really done anything around mm. it, have you? Like, please do sank around it because this is the journey the company's going on and you've been here 15 years. I don't want to lose you. Like, in small stages, let them know that, like, the consequence of us not going on this journey is that you don't work here anymore yeah. and you're not making that person redundant. They're, they're making themselves redundant. I it's mean, not it, your fault. The... It was quite interesting because when you, when when you we had that discussion a few years ago and we went through that process, I remember explaining like this is the journey we're going to go down and it's obviously management the senior management at the time to say like just accept there's going to be some part to it and I think at one point we went from like ten or eleven members of staff down to like four or five yeah and everyone's going oh my god what's going on why are we losing staff and it was like trust in the process we knew what was going to happen. Um, and we knew that this might be the risk we we're going to be taking but it's going to get better. But what was even more crazy, despite having almost half the members of staff, we had still we actually had less complaints coming in. Yeah. Because there was a the right amount of part in there. And then obviously new staff formed and you find that then those staff connect with better members of staff and then there's a better sense of motivation because everybody you got, thinks the same. Yeah, everyone's the same. You've got like, you know, if you're if you're a growth mindset company, everyone's of growth mindset, everyone's a bit so there's no friction with someone being lazy and someone sitting there or someone getting frustrated because they're learning to new saying where someone else is exceeding with it and then there's jealousy within it. Yeah, no, it's I, a great example. I mean I think it's a I think better to have a better to have a hole than an arsehole. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think a hundred percent. I think I massively agree. I remember you saying that to me a few years ago. But I think, um, I do think uh, as employees, I do think um, from a lot of the staff I speak to and the general senses out there, I do think uh, treating your staff, it's different I think with Iceberg because everyone has unique roles and everyone's in different positions. But I do think within a state agency you might have four negs that work in your office. So you treat them as four negs, not this is Neg and she's called this and the person that's her hobbies that's her interests that's her goals this is person this is interest goals so you try and blanket the motivation across four individual people when everyone's unique in their mindset their brain yeah. what their life is what their achievements are what they want to get out there and it's not like you're going to be motivational coaches to them mm. but at least understanding that part to it so when you have your one-to-ones your quarterly reviews you can discuss that stuff with you I mean I know it firsthand because of what the discussions we have um, and I've, it's the first time probably I've ever worked for it. It's probably the first time I've ever worked for it has done that. So I can see it from a, a staff member point at how much of a one-to-one process goes because it's like, what's your ownership and what you want to achieve out of your life and how you're going to get to it and how can we help you achieve that? It creates a different synergy within the business rather than being like, how many hours are you going to sell this month? Yeah. How many viewings are you going to book? How many phone calls are you going to yeah, make? How many people are you going to get for How are we going to get for the door? Performance, performance yeah, yeah, exactly. I think like... When I look at it, I think to myself, let's not overcomplicate it. Like I said a few minutes ago, what fires 
me up to come to work. Yeah. I want to build a business. Yeah, but you don't really want to build a business, Mark. What do you want? Well, I want to change the way a state agency works. Why? I feel like it's in danger. I feel like I've spent the best part of my life somehow connected to a state agency. Somehow through the journey I've been on, I can see that it's going to disappear up its own arse unless estate agents realise their data businesses. So I, I want to help estate agency survive, and I know how to do it, and I'm quite passionate about it. Okay, awesome. And of course, I want to earn some money along the way. I've got certain personal goals that I want to achieve. So if that's what fires me up, how can I expect my staff to get fired up by the idea of me going I won't pay you a great basic but if you do loads of work I'll pay you an average wage mm. I, really oh, that's going to be really inspiring isn't it wouldn't it be better if I sat down with you and said what are you trying to achieve in the next three years Rob because yeah. if what you're trying to achieve I can't help you do then this is kind of doomed from There's the start isn't it within that, yeah. right? but if you say to me oh, you know I had a member of staff once who came to join and just before he started I said tell me what you're trying to achieve in life and he started rattling off the usual sort of shit you know I just want to progress and I said just cut all that bullshit for a minute with you and your wife and like you you want to you're looking to buy a new house cars schools what's going on and he was like well you know actually at the house I live in at the moment I live in a house that I used to live in with my ex-wife and my current partner she kind of accepts it it's not a problem but we'd really like our own place I said okay what has to happen for that to take place well you know I'd need to be earning six figures and I'm like okay so you need to somehow at some point be earning a hundred grand a year yeah right okay well I think that's possible in the position you're going to do for me Mm. Um, so that's all good what else you know told me this told me that we went through it and I was like, okay, I think I can help you achieve your goals. My goals are that we are going to do this, 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 this and this. Do you think you can help me achieve that? Mm. Yep. Awesome. We're going to have a great ride together. Mm. <laughs> you know? like, he, that person should be able to then, you know, maybe when he achieves those goals, they're going to, the goalposts are going to move and he's going to go, oh, yeah, we're having more children, I need another house, well, this is going to happen. And maybe there'll come a point where I say, I don't think I can help you achieve those goals. But that's fine, we can part on good terms. Maybe I can help him get another job somewhere. Yeah. What's the point in me holding him back? But what motivates the person? What are they coming to work for? What are they achieving in life? Are they winning at the game? All of life is just a game. You know, we spoke about this yesterday, didn't we? We're a tiny speck on a tiny speck of a planet spinning through a universe. There's a tiny speck of a solar system and so on and so on. It's all insignificant. We make up games to stop ourselves from going fucking mental in the process. Yeah. So what's the game? that you're playing that you're trying to win if there ain't no rules at some point you're going to get a bit bored of doing the same stuff every day so speak with your staff find out what their ultimate games and goals are see if you can help them achieve that from your business perspective what job have you employed them to do give them free reign tell them what you want the outcome of that role to be Mm. how you're going to measure it and let them loose and go figure it out for me I want you to build me a department so good that you don't even have to work in it anymore. Literally, you can employ people underneath you to work in almost like a McDonald's-style system where we just, people come in, they have an incredible experience. Whatever it is, you know, every estate agent seems to say they want to charge high fees, give a great experience. They don't all have to be like that. Mm. You know, if you figured out a business model where you can charge cheap fees, go for that model. You're probably still going to need to give a good customer experience, but in a different way. You know, convenience, like McDonald's doesn't give me a 
a, a, a silver service, but I get a good customer experience. Yeah. Um, but I only pay 99p for a cheeseburger. Slightly different when you go to a Michelin-starred restaurant. So find out where your what is the goal of your business? How do you make money? Employ the people that you're going to be needed to deliver the service and let them loose and build the systems. Yeah. Find out what their goals are. Build the rules of the game. That's how you motivate everybody. I mean, I, I, for anyone listening still now, I think, like, proof is in the pudding up until coronavirus. Like, we had this conversation. You said, like, this is what I want to do and this is my purpose and this is my dream. And I felt really aligned with that and I still do today. And I was driving five-hour round trip every day yeah. to the office and back. And people were saying to me, like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Like, they don't understand it, but my purpose was aligned with Iceberg and what you what you went and the partnership that we, we have. So that I was going, right, I'm going to get up early every morning. I'm going to do that horrendous trip over the Dartford Chrono every day. Mm. And most other people completely didn't understand and probably think I was bonkers. But I was motivated to do that every single morning for what, however long that was for that period of time. Because you felt passionate about changing the world of pa- estate. Yeah, exactly. And it's because... If you just come along and said, we're, Rob, we're a technology company, I'm building some software because I just want to sell it to a load of estate agents, then you, you, it's uninspiring and it's yeah. not got a part to it, but it oozes within the company. Thinking about it, I reckon the best recruits for an estate agent would be ex-vendors. Ex-vendors that had a decent experience with you that maybe you, you, know, you say to them, what did you think about that? Our passion, our business is about changing the way that people experience the state mm. agency can you see how we're trying to do that yeah I thought it was amazing do you want to come with us and help us try and do that what? yeah I do like that person is going to be absolutely phenomenal I had a, one of our clients um, she's just literally done that she had a lady I think she sold them about five times she's an interior design ladies renovates flip houses up the north constantly goes back to them their, their values and their line they've done the alignment she's been impressed by it and it's got to the point now she said do you know what I'd love to do this job and she said, I just so, feel so connected with you as a company. And now she's going to go and work for them. Brilliant. And it just shows like, and but we always say this. I mean, you either get, when you look at estate agents in the, in the form of owners, it's either uh, estate agency owners who have been frustrated by their employers. Usually they've been born out of corporate environments yeah. and they want to go in independent and get frustrated. And then strangely enough, that current local branch gets annoyed because they've opened up and they're now taking out part of it and you need to understand why that happened or it's actually been landlords who've been peed off by the processes and the experience they had yeah. and they've got a small portfolio and think I'll well team up with another landlord I might just do this myself because I've got enough income coming in and they set it up and then they acquire other landlords and they go down that process and when you start to look at that part to it you have to understand like if it's motivational part to it is don't make sure that you've got don't be fearful if your staff go off and create their own one, but at the same time, don't make them motivated enough that they decide to leave purely for that passion because they can be quite a dangerous competitor. Um, or um, just making sure you deliver an amazing customer experience and have your staff deliver within that and they find a bit of purpose out of it. Yeah, the more you, the more you create an awesome company like that, the less you have to worry about competitors because you think if you're listening to this and you've got a business, you've been in business five, ten years and you've listened to this and maybe it's triggered something with you and you start making these changes it's going to take you one two years before you start feeling confident enough to go Jesus Christ that works yeah. when someone opens up in a competition you're less worried about it because you're like well you've got about seven years before you figure this shit out yeah, yeah. good luck Yeah, you know it's all fine 
you just start realising this is how businesses mature. We all start businesses in our back bedrooms with a few quid and just do whatever's required. And then you mature. And one day you realise, I don't need to make a process here. Yeah. I need to start taking people's ideas and lives and uh, goals into account and it's going to give me a more motivated workforce. I can afford to pay better salaries. I can afford to give a better customer service. I can afford to have bigger goals. And then when you see a small startup open, you don't worry about it. You just think to yourself you've got about five years before you even realise that you should be taking people's goals into consideration. Yeah. But, look, I mean, like, you know, the podcast has turned into a, almost turned into an audio book. So if anyone's still listening, hopefully you found some value in it. Please message, please leave a message in the um, Estate Agency X group if you did manage to get this far. I'd love to know. Uh, got, we've got to thank GLP again. That run was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, amazing. Um hope you found some use in the in the podcast i hope it answered your questions around the motivation of staff think about what motivates you uh, try and help your staff live a better life that's what motivates people it's not that difficult thanks very much fuck what you heard it's what you hearing it's what you hearing listen it's what you hearing listen it's what you hearing listen Gonna give it to ya. Fuck wait for you to get it on your own. X gonna deliver to ya. Knock knock, open up the door, it's real. With the non-stop pop-up.